Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another evening of fellowship, another evening of study, uh, diving into the Word of God. What an honor and privilege it is for us to study God's Word together because we want to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen, work people, work folk, uh, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. And so, where we praise God for our time together. Let, let's go before uh, the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Uh, we honor you. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be in your presence and to be in the presence of your people who are the redeemed, the ones you have purchased, the one you have chosen, the one you have predestined, uh, and all the, the promises that we have through your word. And so, Father, we thank you. Uh, we give you praise and may your word uh, just enlighten us, uplift us, and rebuke us, change us, but have your own way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 11. Um, it is a lengthy chapter. Um, goal is to try to make it through the entire chapter. This this chapter is a um, kind of a concluding, not kind of. It's a concluding chapter of the last three chapters that we have been in. Uh, so Romans nine, ten, and eleven, as you can recall, they go together, and a lot has to do with God's plan and God's future uh, for his people. And so we'll continue that study and Lord willing close out tonight. We have been through some very deep issues when it comes to um, this particular letter uh, of the Paul's letter to the Romans, um, especially when it talks about the sovereignty of God, God's plan, predestination, election. Um, but again, it, it speaks again to God's grace his mercy and his redemptive plan for his people. And so in just a moment, we will uh, get into uh, the, the, this chapter itself. Um, before we go into the study itself, um, let's, let's change it up a little bit. And uh, let me ask, how are y'all doing? Y'all doing okay? Is anybody? I mean, oh, good. Y'all <laughs> feeling all right? <laughs> Amen. There's a lot going on in our world. And so yeah. we, uh, we take this as a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to be with God's people. So thank God for you um, as we continue to study God's word together. I'm going to yeah, go ahead and will. read from Romans chapter 11. I'm going to read. Excuse me, Pastor. Could you could you ask with everyone if you're not speaking, if they could go on mute because we're getting a lot of feedback. I won't ask them. You just did. So <laughs> thank you, Ola. You're welcome. Yeah, so if, if you could, I can hear some feedback. So thank you for mentioning that, Sister Ola. Thank you. Um, and don't let that um, dissuade you when when time comes if you want to give input, but yes, uh, it, it is helpful if you are not speaking to have your uh, have your uh, computer on mute or your phone on mute. So Romans chapter 11, 
I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what is what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and bend their backs forever. I'm going to keep reading down to verse, I think, 17. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I'm speaking to you Gentiles, and as much then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order to show somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. I'm going to stop there at verse 16 and we'll continue on and we'll try to pick up after that because there's different sections that we want to uh, slowly to go through. And as I mentioned, um, this chapter 11, it concludes this whole section um, of chapters 9, 10, and 11. And there has been a repeated theme or a couple of repeated themes that have uh, we have gone over so far. So those of you who um, want to take a stab at it, what are some of the themes that you have heard um, that Paul has repeated on a couple occasions through these three chapters? They'll, we'll, we'll hit some of them. Um, during our study tonight, but just as a reminder, what what do you recall are some of the themes that have come up over these last three chapters? What has been Paul's passion? What is what are the what are the, one of the things he's been passionate about? He's passionate about the salvation of his people, the Jewish people. Okay. 
So that's one thing that just really is repeated. Each chapter, chapters 9, 10, and 11, that comes up in one way or the other. It has a concern for his people, Israel, his fellow Jews. Okay, what else? What is another theme that comes up um, several times over and over again? Look at it from, what does it say about God? What, is, what has Paul uh, unveiled or revealed uh, through these three chapters? Something about God's nature, something about who God is and what, he, what he's up to. He's sovereign. Okay, yes. So one of the things we've seen is the sovereignty of God. As we have said, uh, I think it was last week or may have been the week before, God is going to do what he is going to do anytime, anywhere. So God is the one who rules. And even to the point uh, when it was questioned about then, is God unjust? And finally, uh, one response was, uh, who are you, O oh man? Who are you, O oh human, to talk back to God? So we uh, have to submit ourselves to the will of God. So these are some of the uh, things that have come up over these last three chapters and are repeated over and over again. And we'll see that in the first few verses. Um, and he starts off as he has done. I asked then, has God rejected his people? And the answer to that is what? By no means. So God has not rejected his people. And you notice that over the past three, again, three chapters, he's asked several probing questions, anticipating maybe some of their thoughts, you know, what are they thinking about? And so, um, and especially if God, called Abraham, and they had a plan for Isaac and Jacob, and then they fell away. Is God, did God just reject all of his people? And he said, no, that is not what he's done at all. And he starts to begin, uh, he starts to tell about his testimony. What does he say? I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham a member of the tribe of ben Benjamin. So he gives his lineage. And so he has, he searched, um, presents himself as an example as of one who is a Jew or from the, from an Israelite who God has not forsaken. So that's one example that God has not forsaken. God is faithful to what he has said he is going to do. So no, God has not uh, forsaking his people or his plan. And that helps us uh, when we think about our own security in God, that God is faithful. He will never leave us or forsake us. His plan will come to pass. Verse two says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Where did we hear that before? Back all the way back in chapter eight, those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestines, he also called. So this whole theme is being repeated again, that God had a big plan. And those he foreknew, those that he planned, those that he called, 
through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob down through the years, God is still working it out. And then they give, uses the example from about Elijah. Uh, are you familiar with this story about Elijah? Anybody want to share what they can recall where Elijah um, has an encounter with the prophets of Baal? Jezebel? Well, let's do this. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 to 10. So if you first, can somebody go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 10? If you can read that. And then following that, verses 16 through 18. So 1 Kings chapter 19. Someone who has it, please read it. And then he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord come to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Stop there at verse 10 for now, and then we'll get down to verse 16 through, I mean, yeah, we'll get down to verse 16 through 18. So what, what do you hear from Elijah? What did he, he say? To, I'm by myself now. There they we want, go. Want to take my life. And one of the things that stood out to me is he says, I, alone am left. Yeah. In other words, God, your plan mm. is, is not working. It's, it's, it's up to me. How do you think that, well, we need to read the verses 16 through 18 to hear what God has to say about it. So go ahead and uh, Lloyd, read verses 16 through 18. Or somebody <laughs> reads verses 16 through 18 of 1 King 19. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphtath of Abimladola, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Amen. So what's God's response to Elijah? When uh, he says, a remnant. what's that? He always has a remnant. No matter what, he always there we go. That's a very powerful word. He always has a remnant, even though we may not understand how this is a situation is going to uh, work out. But God had already had a plan. He was telling even to go to a Gentile nation, anoint a king. I'm, I already have your uh, replacement in mind. And guess what? You say that you're the only one left. 
but what? I have how many? 7,000. 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So God has already worked things out in ways that we don't understand. And part of the things that we can look at in that when we are going through and trying to make sense of all that's going on, understand that God is in control or he's sovereign and he has people situations in place that we have no idea what God is doing. So, you know, we can, you know, say, well, if it weren't up to me, this would never take place. No, <laughs> God has, God has someone else in mind. Isn't that what, um, uh, what happened with Esther said, well, if you don't, somebody else will, because um, deliverance will come. So that's, as we look at what God is doing in this uh, passage about what his plans are for Israel and his people. Any, anything else in this, that section? One of the things that it says there that he has reserved for himself. So God has done this. God is at work. God has a plan. There is, and I like the word that was used before, there is a remnant by grace. Has not Paul been talking about grace all through this letter? So again, this is another repeated theme. There is a remnant by grace. As with the example of Elijah, God's grace was at work. Um, even when it seemed bleak or things weren't working out, God had a plan. It's not by works, not by human effort. God is working things out for his glory. So we can trust him. Uh, we can depend on him. And he has a plan uh, that he is working out for his glory. Let's continue. Go ahead. Say in, in regards to remnant, think of a remnant as something that's set aside, set apart, but it's enveloped, it's enclosed, and it's encased, and it's protected, even in the midst of everything that's going on around it. God is preserving it. And so it is for his people now, as it was in that day. Elijah, God uh, had his, his hand of protection around that remnant at 7,000, that despite all that Jezebel or everybody else was doing, God had his protective hand sovereignly around them to bring them through to his purposes. Amen. And so we don't, we cannot doubt God that he has things under control. And Elijah wasn't keyed in on it. <laughs> he seemed like he didn't have any idea that God was working things. So just because you don't, just because not just you, just because we uh, don't know everything, God does. And so we can trust him that he is working things out. He has a plan that remnant it's set apart uh, for God's glory. And another thing we can learn from Elijah is not to take our eyes off God because he'd already um, used Elijah to perform a miracle when he um, mm -hmm. went up against the prophets of, of Baal and, and uh, showed that he served the almighty God, and then he's going to let a woman's threat, you know, Jezebel threaten him, and then he's running. But he had already faced one of the most dangerous times was when he was going up against the prophets of Baal. And um, they ended up looking real bad because they were <laughs> defeated. It was very obvious when God sent 
fire down from heaven to consume a, uh, a sacrifice that was soaked with water that, you know, he was serving the most high God, whereas they cut themselves and prayed to their gods and nothing happened. And then he's running. But sometimes we do the same. We're uh, God strengthened us and we're uh, successful. And then the moment we take our eyes off of him, then we're running. Like we just forgot what he just done through us. Amen. Amen. And, you know, and that's that's good that you bring that out um, as we focus in on that again, that God is in control. He has not changed. And for an Elijah's case, God preserved him even from the very beginning when he provided for him all the way up and all this, not all of a sudden, but for whatever reason, he lost his focus, but yet God had a plan. And so in all situations, we can continue to trust in the Lord that God has working things out for his glory. And it is by God's grace that he has set things aside. So this next section from verses seven uh, forward, I want us to kind of uh, look at this uh, as part of this, this whole, because here, here we have talking about Israel and he's talking about the elect. Uh, so after verse four, five, it talks about his remnant by his grace. Verse seven. Israel failed, what What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect found it. So let's just kind of look at this, go through this, when he talks about, makes a distinction between the Israel and the elect. So what does he say about Israel in these verses, from verses 7 uh, on down, even down to 10. Actually, down to 12. So let's look at that. So what does it say about Israel? One, what they sought. Did they attain it? No. No. They did not, they did not attain it. So that's one thing about is the Israel as a whole. What they sought, they did not obtain. There was a hardening. We came across that term before. Remember when we're talking about Pharaoh. So there was a, a hardening. God had present them with his truth, but they rejected it. There was a hardening of their heart. And even uh, verse eight is quoting from the Old Testament. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they couldn't see. And over and over again, we have seen this various parts within uh, the various prophecies in Isaiah and elsewhere that they have eyes, but they couldn't see. They were hardening of their heart against what God had done. What else about Israel? In this section. Let's go back to verse... Eleven and twelve. So let, let me just kind of go through. So what they sought, they did not attain because it was a hardening of their heart. Secondly, what happened as a result of their tra trespass? 
down in verse 11. I'll just go ahead and read it. So I asked then, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. And so one of the things about, again, Israel, their heart had a hardened heart, but yet through their trespass or transgression has led for salvation to be opened up to the Gentiles. And, and, and I want to pause there because uh, this, all, it's stated here as such in terms of how Israel responded, but I want to go back to Genesis again. And that is from the very beginning, God had a plan for everyone. So before there was an Israel, there was a relationship with, with that God wanted with humanity. And what the promises of God from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was where the seed would come for redemption. And it was a redemption to get back to what God originally intended from the beginning. And that was for humanity, not just Jews, but the whole world would have a relationship with him. What Israel or Abraham was back in Genesis 12, one through three, I will make you a blessing to be a blessing. And through all the world, all the nations will be blessed through you. That was the intent as when God called Abraham so that he could use that line to be a blessing. To do what? Bring all humanity into a relationship with him. So um, please don't read this section as if the Gentiles were or are an afterthought. That's not what this is implying but it's just talking about the process that God has used through the years that God had used this. And up to this point, you can see the plan of God that their rejection, their hardening opened up the avenue for the Gentiles to be included in. That was all part of God's divine plan. What else about not just Israel. Now let's turn over to the elect. It doesn't say much about the elect, but going back up to verse seven. Yes, verse seven. What does it say about the elect? The elect have obtained it. Say that again. It says... Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. Would that be the Gentiles? Mm, that's a good question. Um, and the rest were blinded, just as it is written. In, in this context, yes, because it's, it's referring back, it's the elect, that going back to remember that term, the remnant. They had obtained it, but how did they obtain it? Obtain it? They obtained it by grace, going back to verse six. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of work. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So even in the attaining of um, the, the righteousness of God, it's not by their own effort. Remember, it is God who has the remnant. It is God who calls. It is God who preserves. 
So the elect obtained it by the grace of God. That's so we see that there's a distinction there between the Israel, talking big terms, or the elect, those who he has called out. And that includes, again, first Israel, those ones that he's called out, but then now it's spilled over to the Gentiles as well. So yes, uh, the other part of that question is it uh, Gentiles as well? Yes. So first the elect, meaning those who he's called out, but now it includes the Gentiles. Remember, going way back now to Romans chapter one, verse 16 and 17. I said back when we started, uh, the study, the, those are some critical verses. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To who? To the Jew first and the Gentiles. Also the Gentiles. And then right. 17 goes on to say, for in it a righteousness is revealed from God from faith to faith, or in other words, from beginning to end. So it's not by anything that any of us could do, but this is part of the plan and the process that God had put into place. That's a good question. Yes. What, is, what do you mean by God gave him a spirit of stupor? What, is that? what does that mean? It, it really, it means, well, part of that, that's part of the hardening. In other words, they didn't have the sensibilities. They didn't have the wisdom. They couldn't understand what God was, was doing. They were, in a sense, in a fog, if you want to put it that way, that um, God had presented them with things, but they just could not understand what he was doing. And we, we could see this even as one example would be um, when God had told them, collect manna. Every day, don't try to save it up. Why? Because God has provided. And even that situation, we can see their hardness. They could not understand how this, whatever it is, this what is it, this manna, would be able to be provided each and every day. So even in that uh, simple uh, illustration, we can see the rebellion, the hardness of their heart, uh, to see the plan of God. Because it, it is not by human intellect and understanding. It is by the grace of God. Right. So, Thank you. Amen. Good question. Thank you. Any questions so far? Let's go to verses 13 through 16. Did we read verses from 13 on? Or did we stop at 12? Yes, we, we read 13 through 16. Okay, so 13 through 16. Now he's changed his audience as he's talking to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to you Gentiles. First, he starts off. This is, this is um, unlike if we remember when we read um, through the first and second Corinthians, he was having just this battle with the church at Corinth about his apostleship. He had a, almost a plead over and over again. I'm a father. And that's not what the tone of this is. He's just setting the stage of his authority as, a, as an apostle 
to the Gentiles. So he's speaking to them with authority. So Paul expresses his authority to them. I am an apostle uh, to the to the Gentiles. Um, hit, and even in that, remember the theme we talked about. Uh, let, let me just go ahead. I'm speaking. I'm going to go ahead and read some of this. And as much then as I am apostle to the Gentile, I magnify my ministry in order, verse 14, somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. Remember that theme? He had a passion and desire for his folk to be saved, to know who the Lord is, to know what the plan of God is. So much so that he states to the Gentiles, now you have been, and we'll get down later to the grafted in, but their rejection, meaning the Jews' rejection, brought about reconciliation. In other words, that's how, in terms of the plans of God, plan of God, when they rejected Christ, that opened up the door. I'm the apostle to the Gentiles. I can talk to you about the ministry. I also want to let you know on the other side of that, um, that will not their acceptance bring life from the dead? Complete restoration. So that which was dead will be brought to life. So their rejection brought reconciliation. But think about it. If that happened, what will happen if those who are God's chosen from the beginning, if they are restored, it will bring life, fullness, completeness, life from the dead. Any questions so far? I know this is a lot of information, but as he's making up the, he is just setting the case of God's plan and sovereignty down through the ages. And when what I failed to mention in the beginning, sometimes we, when we think about Israel, um, we only, we sometimes think about the present nation state of Israel. That's a whole nother discussion. But he is talking about his whole, the whole people, the plan of God that God had in store or God planned from the very beginning that his plan is unfolding. Verse 16 begins to, and 17 begins to make a transition. Let me go ahead and read verse 16 again. For if their rejection means reconciliation, that's 15. Then verse 16, if the dough offered as first fruit is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. That second part is going to be built on in this next section from verses 17 down through 24. And so Deacon Brown, can you read verses 17 through 24, please? Yes, sir. Thank you. 17. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap for the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. 
You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider yourself the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fail, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Okay, we're going to stop there for, for a moment just to kind of look at this. Remember I said in verse 16, he talks about if the uh, part of the dough is holy, then the whole lump is, then he went to the, um, the root. Uh, let me go back to verse 16. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And now we see uh, the transition. So verses 17 on down to 24, this section I've kind of labeled it for myself. This is the don't get it twisted section. So, and what I mean by that is, uh, so now it's starting to put the Gentiles, and you know, say, okay, the salvation by grace through faith, the righteousness, and it's believed that this was a predominant Gentile congregation that he's writing to, uh, but, he also wants them to uh, remain humble before the Lord, because as was said earlier, it's not by works, it's not by genealogy, it's by the grace of God. So don't get the big head. So just see what God is doing here. Um, so let's go through this section 17 through 21. And I'll first, I'm kind of dividing it up in terms of first, let's look at the Gentiles. What does he have to say about the Gentiles? What are the words, the phrases he's, he uses to describe who the Gentiles are from verses 17 to 21? Uh, like you said, they should be uh, humble and still praying for Israel also. Don't just be one-sided. Okay. The hope of Israel. Okay. Amen. What else? Well, olives. Okay, so one wild olive shoot, wild mm. wild olive. He talked about the the natural olive tree. Now he calls the Gentiles the wild olive shoot. What else? How are they referred to? What are the parts of the tree? There are the Branches. Branches. <laughs> yeah. So he talks about the wild olive shoot, yeah. branches that were broken off and grafted in mm. among the others. They were grafted into the olive tree. From a wild olive tree, been grafted into the olive tree. What else? So now that they're grafted in, 
What's next? They don't support the root. The root supports them. Okay. And yes. And so that's one. The root supports the branches, not the other way around. In other words, that's why I said don't get it twisted. You know, this is just remember what God has done. And let me just go through this. Together, who? With now the branches that were grafted in to the other branches that are on the tree. Mm -hmm. Together, they set share in the same spiritual root. So yeah. this idea of separateness, better than, pride, arrogancy, none of that has any room as far as this new creation. He doesn't use the term new creation um, in, in this these passages, but this new uh, olive tree that is uh, being restored or created is the wild olive shoot, which is contrary to nature, being grafted in. That's a work of God. Amen. That God had brought them from where they were, brought them in, and they share together the same spiritual root. So he says, do not consider, in other words, do not consider yourself superior to the other branches. Mm -hmm. As if, well, they were broken off to make room for me. No, no, that's not what it's all about. This is all part of God's plan to graft and have this one people. They stand by faith. And so what, what we have to do again, revisit chapters three through six of Romans is that the reason why they're grafted in is not by their works, not by anything. They stand by faith. So remain humble. That's about the Gentiles. What about Israel? The, he refers to them as, of course, the olive tree. Those, these were the sum of the branches that were what broken off. Why were they broken off? Because of their unbelief. Okay, for unbelief. So again, what did he say before? Their unbelief made way for the Gentiles to receive salvation, and is using the olive tree as an example, or um, some uh, commentators call this this is allegory that he uses of the olive tree, that now you're grafted in because of those broken branches, and that is because of unbelief. But still at the bottom line is, room has been made for you to be part of the olive tree, part of the same, getting the same nutrition that the natural branches would have had. Let's continue to verses 22 through 24. So what is he, what's the mindset that he wants them to have? Now that you know that. The mindset is to be, is to be thankful. Okay, I'm, thankful. I'm just going to stop to right here. Amen. I'm, I'm just going to stop right here. Y'all know why I'm stopping? Yes. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> 
Amen. JB, you don't know how much you just blessed. I'll just make it personal. How you just blessed me just hearing your voice. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. Amen. We, Amen. Pr we praise. Amen. Amen. Instead of being boastful, we should be thankful. We're grafted into the tree. Amen. 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 The tree Amen. 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 You, 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 you hit it. You hit it. He said, think about the kindness of God to you. Or in your words, thankfulness that yeah. God had included you in. So don't boast and continue in his kindness. Keep that mindset of gratefulness. Or as people like to say, that attitude of gratitude. Because of being grafted in by the grace of God. So that's what God has done. That's what God has done to the Gentiles. His kindness has grafted them in. But he also says on the other side, although that they were broken off, if they repent or return, they too will be made whole. Regrafted in. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you've been grafted in, wild olive shoot that you were, it's going to be easy for God to do that for the natural branches. And going back to that all are one, the same mercy that God extended to you, God is also extended to the Jews so that all may be one. So I... um just heard, I just turned off my alarm, so I'm not going to try to press to get through the end of the chapter. I'm going to stop right there at verse 24, and we'll pick up verse 25 next week. So this, uh, when we get to next week, we'll kind of wrap up this section. Part of it won't, will, I would encourage you also to start reading chapter 12, um, because where we will start in verse 25, and it goes down through verse 36, I believe. Yeah, 36. Uh, it's not a, a lot in there. And the last part of uh, the chapter is a recap from what we started with a couple of weeks ago. So read the end through the end of chapter 11, um, but get ready also for Romans 12, because we'll make uh, the transition uh, again, another transition. So we'll pick up Chapter 11, verse 25, Lord willing, on next week. Amen? Amen. Before we go any further, I want to remind everybody, in case you've forgotten, it's only been a few days, but he lives. He lives. He lives. Amen. He got up yeah. from the grave. Amen. You asked me. <laughs> mm, you asked me how I know he lives. He lives within, within my heart. We celebrate the resurrection not only on uh, once a year, but we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day. Going back to what uh, JB had said earlier, be thankful. Thankful that we have life. Thankful to the resurrection. Thankful that we are made 
one in Christ Jesus. God had a plan. God had a plan. God has a plan. He's working his plan. And part of that plan was he sent his only begotten son, raised him. Can I get a witness? Raised him, raised him from the dead. And he is now seated on high, interceding for us, waiting for the Father's word to come back again. He lives. He lives. Be to God. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to close there and uh, spend the time of prayer. Um, and let me say again, thank you, uh, uh, JB, for chiming in. You you blessed yeah. me. You blessed Amen. others as well, just hearing your voice. Yes, God is able. God is able. God is able. Amen. Yes, he is. Uh, any Praise prayer God for all of the uh, prayers that went up for JB and uh, just thoughts and visits. And it's just been a blessing. Amen. Uh, to, to him and Amen. to me. Amen. Amen. Well, I guess I should Praise say, <laughs> Praise God for you, Dr. Brian. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good Amen. to have a doctor. Yes. 24 7. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. A caregiver is a blessing. Amen. A willing caregiver is definitely a blessing. Amen. Well, that's that's one of the things that we can then pray for, not just for the Bryan household, but there are many, not only in our congregation, but uh, when you do go into hospitals, you just see that sometimes people are by themselves and yes. just that uh, they don't have either financially or family issues, don't have the care um, that's needed. So we lift up the caregivers. Yes. Amen. Indeed. I appreciate the calls and and all the all the loving things that come my way. I appreciate the church. I appreciate uh I, I must say this. I want to search at Thursday morning. I came out, I heard two angels. One was my wife, one was my deacon, Deacon Plummer. Amen. I recognize that voice. And I woke up to Deacon Plummer. Made my day. Amen. And all, the, all the prayers of the saints. Amen. I still, I still have a ways to go yet, but uh, I'm getting there. Praise God. God is able. Amen. He is. just there. <clears throat> Amen. Thank God. Amen. Anyone else? Praise him. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 What a mighty God we serve. We do. Amen. Amen. I like to lift up our neighbor. Um, she had a fall yesterday and she ended up at the hospital and had to have a total Yep, replacement. Mm. But I thank mm. God uh, we heard from her and she's doing a lot better. Amen. <laughs> thank the Lord. Amen. Mm. I like to uh, lift my daughter up. You know, it's hard to have a family and Everyone is kind of pulling her in different directions, and she's working two jobs. That's why you don't really see her on Sundays. But not only that, she 
<laughs> she's actually kidnapped me and moved me into her place mm. <laughs> and um, be, to narrow the, you know, the steps for her son. But I just thank God for her because there's a lot of kids that won't take the time to take care of their, their parents. And, Amen. you know, she, she's been there 24 hours looking over me. Even if she's at work, she's calling me. And it's, it's just a blessing to have her because she's been a blessing to her sister that left here. She did give her a kidney and she's got some issues going on. So I want everyone to really just lift my baby up in her prayer because, you know, she's really been going through it. And I, I know that she loves the Lord. I wish you could have seen the beautiful cards they gave me. They were spiritually led and that just uplifted my spirit and i just thank god my children sometimes you don't know how much how how much god has really blessed you until you look around and see the goodness coming out of their little hearts and i just thank and i also thank god for each and every one of you guys that pray and hold our family up that gives us calls amen and one more thing i want you guys to William up. He will be graduating um, around the 27th, I think it is, the 26th or the 27th from the Army. Um, and just hold him up because that was, a, that was a brave step on his behalf. And I just thank God for it. Amen. 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 Pastor, and then other, I, while we're on the subject of caregiving and caregivers, I like to uh, thank God and give him praise for a very tight knit family, not only just at home, but at church as well. Amen. It seems like anything that I've needed thus far, people have come to my aid, especially my two sisters and, and my brother-in-law. I've had some needs that I have not shared and I keep them quite kind of private, but now I have a good caregiver. And I actually pray that we I can keep her Amen. and relieve the 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 pressure that's been placed on my sisters. They have their own families, and I know I'm a part of their family. I'm their brother, and they're gonna look out for me as well. But I just like to give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise sisters God. And brothers, because whenever anytime I have an incident. <laughs> They're right there for me. And um, yes. praise God. That's a blessing that you have. This Glory. Yeah. And then the prayers from the saints at the church. You know, when the weather gets bad, I try to, my best to press my way because I enjoy yes. that's, that's the highlight of my day, other than Bible study church mm -hmm. on Sunday. Thank and you. I thank God and praise Him for it. Amen. Amen. I'm just so glad to see uh, Sister Maria. I know she gets after me all the time by not showing my face, but uh, hey, just to see your face, Maria, I'm, I'm just so happy. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Continue to lift up Miss um, Stokes. She had to go back into the hospital, but she's back home. Yes. And talking about caregiver, her daughter moved her in her home with her. And we thank God for her daughter being able to help take care of her also. Amen. 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 
I need to lift up my friend um, Eddie Walker. Um, God bless him. He's at home now, but he still has a long road to go. So continue to pray for uh, my brother. I like to lift up uh, Dosinia Hammond also, please. Yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, One other person as well. I, I like to, uh, brother Jimmy. We we're missing him in the choir, and I know Jimmy yes. loves. One of the things he loves, loves to do is sing. Yeah. Yeah, and um, James Edwards is who I'm speaking of. I hadn't talked to him. But he would always call and check on me as well, but I hadn't heard from him lately. So I'm, I'm quite sure he's still going through. I'd like to everybody to please lift him up in prayer. Amen. 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 I see Sister Beverly on, but I just want to lift up uh, Denise Snipes. Yes. Mm. Her in prayer. Mm -hmm. The Snipes family. Thanks for There is a praise, Lord, resounding from your people yes, because of you. who you are. Yes. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you, Lord. Jesus. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. You are an awesome God, rich in mercy, yes. grace, hallelujah, healing power. Yes. You are a deliverer. Yes. You are the mighty one, creator of heavens and heavens and earth. Yes. That's who you are. Thank you. You are the God who sent your only begotten Son. You are the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Beyond our understanding, you are holy. Yes. You are holy, and we exalt you, righteous King, everlasting Father. Yes. Hallelujah. You are an awesome God. Yes. Father, we approach your throne of grace through your son, Jesus Christ. And we cry out as you, we have learned, Abba, Father. And Lord, sometimes we do moan with sighs too deep for words. And so, Father, we have some words to share with you now, but there are other times when we don't. And so we lift up to you uh, our words of thanks and praise and help us, Lord, to live in that attitude, remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You raised him from the dead that we might have eternal life. And Lord, because of who you are, we can call upon your name and lift up to you all of our concerns, casting all of our cares on you because you care for us. We do lift up to you the caregivers, the many names that were mentioned, whether it's uh, Norma or um, Dr. Brian, um, others, oh God, Annette, uh, Lord, who are taking care of their family the best way that they know how. Lord, strengthen each one who has given of themselves uh, to serve their family. So Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the, um, not just family members, but the professional uh, caregivers who have seen it as a calling more than a job, seen it as a calling to serve others in need. And we pray, Lord, that you would give them the strength that they need, give them the resources they need, the wisdom that they need, 
to be able to care for souls, care for lives. Father, we pray for the many requests that have been lifted up, whether it's for uh, William and the Army, those who are sick and shut in, Jimmy, Docenia, um, for Eddie, for Denise, um, and Lord, the other names that I may not be able to call, but Lord, you know each one. Lord, meet their need right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the people of God, the family of God, the love that we share, Lord, that we are being nourished from the same root, and that is Jesus Christ, who is our firm foundation. So, Father, we give you the thanks, the glory, honor, and the praise for all that you have done. We thank you, Lord, for JB. We thank you, Lord, for Maria. We thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Deborah. We thank you, Lord, for just what you are doing in East Life and showing yourself real. We never doubted you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can see you at your hand at work. So, Lord, we give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless everyone. Amen. 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 Love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise. praise God. God bless you. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. That's good word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor. Thank you, uh, JB, for chiming in there. Yes. We always always have a ram in the bush. Yes. (laughs) That's a blessing. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Signing off.